You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur. Hello, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Mayapur. Radio Mayapur, link to your heart. I am Gangadas, your host, and today we're very fortunate. It's a beautiful day, sunshine. It's not too hot. It's 25, 26. It's not so humid. The sky is clear. The best time of our life is coming because it's uh, November, December, January, February. Then we start sweating again. Don't we always sweat in my opinion? Yeah, no, we, we sweat. We don't need a sweating box. Today we are very, very fortunate to have with us Jivanath Das Prabhu. He's from Philadelphia, USA, born in 1952, Srila Prabhupada disciple. And he's, he was a Catholic, uh, studying university, blah, blah, blah. We're going to interview him and ask him a few questions. He's very enthusiastic. You see him always in Mayapur TV. He's shouting a lot and singing and kirtan in the afternoon. And he's very tall. So you can see everybody above his head. It's a nice way of saying I got a big mouth, right? <laughs> a big mouth for Krishna is yeah. good because Krishna can notice. you say, who is this guy? I love him. So, Jivanath Prabhu, tell us a little bit about your uh, background and, uh, of course, uh, you know, how you grew up, your family, they are Catholic, mm. and are you the only son, the spoiled son, or your brother, sister, what? What's yeah, the story? yeah, you can start with that. I am uh, an only child, <laughs> oh, very spoiled, goodness. thank you for that. <laughs> you just led right into who I am. And I grew up in a, a Catholic, an Irish Catholic family. Wow. And... Uh, you know, growing up and going to Catholic schools, you um, you get a little bit of religion. You get a little bit of religion. And I remember I was in the seventh grade, and I actually asked, I was t- taught by Sisters of Mercy nuns, and I asked them, who is God? Wow. And she said, it's a mystery, young man. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 you got to do better than that. Who is God? I mean, if we're going to be worshiping and glorifying, I want to know who he is. And again, she said, it's a mystery. And when I asked the third time, I was asked to leave the classroom. Oh, gosh. So I thought, okay, so much for this Catholic religion. They don't really have the answers. I get the whole idea of worshiping God, but I mean, I, I would like a few answers. So I didn't get any answers for the very longest time. But I never actually gave up this belief that, yes, there is a God, but I need to find out who he is. So in other words, you are the seeker of the truth. And Not you trying- really. I just was like, come on. You got to at least have a, the answer. Who is God? That's true. Little because kids. Jesus says, I am the son of God. Mm, so I had the same he? thing. Yeah. I asked the father when he came to school, who is God? Who is the father? And they also say, oh, you have to have faith. I said, I have faith, but... Uh, anyway, no answer. They didn't throw yeah. me out and they tolerated me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then you went on with your education and you went to university, I believe, and you become, uh, you were about to become a basketball. That was my goal. I had two yeah. actual goals in high school. One was to be a rock star That's and nice. the other one was to be a professional basketball player. But unfortunately, I wasn't very good at either. <laughs> Krishna had some other plan for you, I guess. Obviously, yeah. You know? <laughs> so now I get to sort of do those kind of things now, That's even though I'm here. not shooting basketball, I still jump around a little bit. <laughs> 
Fantastic. But tell us how you meet the devotees, because I'm sure that you must have met somebody who gives some book, or somebody inspired you, gives some prasadam. Yeah. How you got connected with this movement, these Hare Krishna people, funny people with the funny hair? Yeah, you know, bad shit what, are you reading this? my mind or something? Because that's actually just what I was thinking. You know, my whole thing, I was like, these guys are so weird. You know, you'd see them <laughs> on the street, it's like, I, you know, what planet are they from? Shaved heads. And who wears sheets? People don't wear sheets. And I was like, I'm not anything to do with that because I was such a cool guy, or I thought I was. A really cool guy, and I had nothing to do with these Hare Krishnas. But one time, this is right after I dropped out of university, driving down the road, I see my old best friend from high school, right? Wow. He went to university in Florida, and I was still in Pennsylvania. And I see him at a traffic light. So he says, hey, Joe, hey, you know, man, remember? Yeah, that's so cool. Pull over, man, we'll talk. So I pull over and we start talking and he's dressed like, you know, like me. He's wearing normal clothes. He has a nice. baseball hat on. He has nice. a bag. He has some candy in the bag. Wow. So this is kind of nice. He offers me a piece of candy and I'm eating the candy and he, he pulls out this magazine and we're just doing the usual, you know, how's it going, man? Yeah, long time no see. Yeah, good, <laughs> man. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing all that stuff you do. And then he says, are you happy? Wow. And just like that, we just had then that dead silence. That's what happened. There was dead silence. I'm like, whoa, what a question to ask me. Am I happy? I'm a cool guy. You remember me, the life of the party, Mr. Fun Guy. You're asking me if I'm happy? And, and I actually stopped for a second. I thought, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not happy. So I admitted it to him. He's my best friend. I said, no, I'm not happy. And then he pulls out this magazine, hands me this magazine, it's this really far out looking guy with four arms on the cover. And I'm like, whoa, what the heck is this? And I'm looking at just the cover. And at the bottom, it says the magazine of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And I go, oh, my God, you're a Hare Krishna. <laughs> and he takes off his hat. Sure enough, he's got a shaved head. And I was like, oh, my God, buddy, what happened to you, man? You're a Hare Krishna? But then he's telling me all this, you know, you're not your body. That's why you're so unhappy. You're trying to enjoy. And I was like, you know, all this stuff made total sense. So Krishna actually set me up because if it had been <laughs> anybody else, I wouldn't have stopped. There's just no way. I'm not talking to a freaky Hare Krishna. But this is my best friend. I know he's not crazy. What's his name? What's his name? His name is devotee name? Yeah. Lakshminath Das. Lakshminath Das. We're going to yeah. find him and interview him as I've, well. I've looked high and low for him. I can't somewhere. find him. He's somewhere. 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 Uh, everybody's like, where's La? I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> but he brought me to the movement. So, That's you know, beautiful. forever indebted. Forever indebted. Yes. And uh, it's so funny. Let me just skip ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because sure. when, when I, I moved in the temple, there's that whole story. But I got in the temple. We had a traveling Sankirtan party. Raghunath, Radhanath, Lakshminath, and Jivanath. Uh, all the not together. For all nine. Nath <laughs> in one car on Harinam and book distribution. Like that. How does that happen? Anyway. So, but then from that day on, your, the trajectory of your life changed. You it, start to read the magazine. Was it back to Godhead? Back to Godhead. He gave me a Bhagavad Gita and a Krishna wow. book. And um, I read the Bhagavad Gita in three days. Just got right That's into right. it. It was awesome. <clears throat> and then, all, then all I the was, answer are there. Yeah, everything. Yeah, so I, I was like, I was convinced, but um, I still wanted to see them in action. 
So um, rather than go to the Sunday feast and get sort of like the usual, you know, yeah. stuff that you hear, I wanted to see the real Hare Krishnas. Inside. So I went to the temple for Mangal Artik. Wow. And, you know, Mangal Artik for a new guy is kind of like a trip. And I'd never yeah. even seen chanting, really. So, you know, there's a whole story. You want to hear the story? Yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? It's embarrassing. You know? <clears throat> so I get to the temple. It's 4.10 in the morning. You know, already it's 4.10 in the morning. That says a lot, right? And what the heck am yeah. I doing up well, at 4.10? How do you get up at that time? Exactly. You know, usually you go to bed at 4.10. <laughs> yeah. I was getting up at 4. So anyway, so I get there. I knock on the door and nobody answers. And it's just a house in the middle of like this slum area. This is our Philadelphia temple in 1975. I knock on the door. Nobody answers. And I'm, that's when the moment of truth. Okay, you're going to... You know, knock again, oh, yeah. or you're going to run back to your car. Because what are you doing? <laughs> These people are weird. So I knock on the door again. And this time the guy opens the door, and he's wearing a little dress and nothing else. It's a gumsha, but yeah, you know, right. when you first and see towel. it, you know, it's like, it wasn't even a weird. towel. <laughs> towel I could have dealt with. This was this flowery kind of just, it looked like a skirt. You know, like, God, the guy's wearing skirts. This is weird. Anyway, he says, hey, you're a little early, man. Come on in. I'm like, yeah, fine. Let's do this. So I sit down. He goes away, comes back. He brings me this little white cup with a brown ball in it. Wow. And he says, here, take this. Don't touch inside. Just pour the ball into your mouth. Whoa. And, um, you know, this is, again, I you scared leap was of LSD inside or some other stuff. Who knows what? what it is? It looks like a brown <laughs> golf ball. Ooh, what am I mean, you know? So I, I go, all right, let's do this. And I pour the ball into my mouth. And the explosion came. It explodes. It's a gulab jaman. And I'm like, whoa, what is this stuff? This is amazing. So, of course, now it's quarter after four. I'm getting a gulab jaman high, you know, and I'm just buzzing away, sitting there going, whoa, whoa, what's next? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, this is so much fun. Sugar, you know, I really sugar, like this place. Sugar. sugar, sugar running through my veins. So he just says, okay, just sit for another 15 minutes. I'll be back down. Everybody else will be backed down. It will go into the temple room and you'll get to see God. Whoa. Like who says that? You're going to go that? see God, right? <laughs> so you remember I was asking this question, who is he? Yeah. And now I'm going to go see him. Like this is wow, like, wow, this is this amazing. Is bizarre. I mean, and you know, from the West, Krishna blew with a flute. That's God. No, and you're wait. like. You know, come, come on, really? Yeah, come on, really? All right, all right. So I surrender. He's blue with a flute. All right, That's let's okay. do this. So <laughs> I go into the temple room when he comes back down, and it's pitch black, no lights, and everyone's just walking around mumbling to themselves, you know. <laughs> and I haven't done Joppa yet, so I had no clue no, what the heck they're doing. doing. And I'm just standing there going, whoa, this is getting weirder, right? You know, <laughs> then all of a sudden, I hear this sound. Have I told this story to you before? No, no, no. You're no, like no, knowing no. what I'm going to say before no, I say of it. Of course, <laughs> but this is natural. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, yeah. So, everybody's been Malagarty knows. So, you hear the conch, and then all of a sudden, everyone dives on the ground. And I'm standing there, like, what is this, like What's a fire raid or something? Like, what the heck happened just here? Why is everybody on the ground? And then the curtains open. And I'm standing there looking, and this is supposed to be God, right? Yes. Philadelphia Temple, 1975. They have giant juggernaut deities. Wow. And I'm looking, going, okay, this is really weird. <laughs> you know? 
really with the big eyes. Yeah, the big back. eyes are staring at me, and I'm staring back thinking, this is God? <laughs> like, you know, I was ready to accept the blue guy with the flute, but come on, really? <laughs> this is God? But I got into it. But here's another thing. Prabhupada set me up so much. Okay, my best friend introduces me. First time I go to the temple, the Radhadamater bus is there. Wow. Vishnu Janan Swami is leading Mangalartik oh, with about sweet. 15 brahmacharis that, sweet, you know, just sweet, couldn't sweet. control themselves. Dance. So before he even finishes some Saudadava, everyone's jumping up and down. So this kirtan is just like off the charts. And I'm like, I love this. This is like, this is me. This is what I want to do. <laughs> This is just fantastic. Even if God is weird with the big Even if he eyes, is weird, I'm okay with it. This <laughs> chanting thing is so cool. I'm into it. I'm doing it. And the Philadelphia Temple was interesting because they had wooden slat boards, right? Mm-hmm. So when you jumped up and down, the boards moved, right? So you're standing or hoping to just stand there. Can't. You can't. You the boards jumping. are bouncing you up and down. Yeah. So I'm a basketball player. So I'm looking at all these brahmacharis jumping. I'm thinking, I can out-jump these guys. So I start jumping as high as I can, and I'm having the time of my life. Jump and jump and jump and jump. And this is, like, fantastic. This is spiritual life. I'm like, this is it. I'm doing this. This I can do, right? You get the singing, which I wanted to be a rock star. You get the jumping up and down, playing basketball. So this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I moved in. You know, it's amazing sometimes I realize that you know, nothing happened by chance. And Krishna is setting you up. He set yeah. me up. He set everybody up when we are ready to actually get into this. Yeah. You know, and just by magic, you think, bang, okay, this is it. Yeah. And it's amazing how he does this, amazing. right? It's yeah, amazing. I mean, I mean, Krishna is in the heart of everybody and he knows everything. You can't hide. So he knows when you're baked at the proper time and then he, he, he introduced you to the ultimate frying. But I needed just what I got. And that's what he gave me. Anybody else? Any other time? I mean, I wouldn't have gone to the temple. There's yeah. no way. But um, And then showing up in Vishnu John Swami's leading kirtan. Oh, it's like, amazing. wow. It was what just the best thing. Yeah, it was wonderful. So from the day, what, you start to go Mongolarty every day? Or you just joined from the first no, day? No, yeah, I, I committed in my mind. It took me like three days to okay. get rid of stuff and bring stuff to the temple and all that stuff. And that's another good story because I got there. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sort of an energetic young man, right? Yes. And How old the, you were at the time? I was 22. It's good. So I was kind of like fit and fired up and all that stuff. So um, the devotees liked me. So I got into the temple. I'm carrying a suitcase. I put my suitcase down. They sit me in a chair. And the guys are talking to me. They're really, hey, Joe, it's so nice you came, you know, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, somebody starts buzzing the hair off my head. Just I got like that. shaved up. Just like that. Just Without like that. Without even asking you, just say, okay, <laughs> let's do this guy's me. ready, that's it. They wanted me in that temple bad. I was like, wow. okay. I'm, I'm, you know, but it was kind of freaky, you know, watching the hair fall down off, you know, my yeah. head. And I was like, okay. Yeah, the now. long hair, I guess. So I guess I'm doing this, you know. There's like yeah. no running out the door now. <laughs> <laughs> how your reaction of your father and mother? How was it? How, how did they take it? You yeah, know? that did was kind of. Did you explain to them or you just run away? What was? I think they were just happy that I wasn't doing drugs. Okay. And, you know, that. 
And they could see I was committed. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, they always wanted me to be more spiritual. So, I don't know. And I went through the whole hippie thing, high school and right. college. So, right. it would, you know, experimented with drugs and girlfriends yeah. and the whole thing. So, they were really happy I was making a sort of a, a commitment. And they knew I wasn't going to be anything because I didn't want to be anything other than a basketball player or a rock star. I didn't want to be a lawyer or a doctor <laughs> or a builder or a plumber. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. I just wanted to have fun. And Krishna Constance. And finally, I think they saw you. You were better off without drugs, without exactly. girlfriend, without all the stuff and the hippie things. Yeah. So yeah, at least you are not drinking, not smoking, not. You were already vegetarian, maybe at that time. No, no, not yet. So you know, it was a, a step up. Yeah, it was a step up, step Absolutely. up in your life. And yeah. your father, mother, maybe saw you. Okay, this guy maybe had chosen the proper route, and yeah. he's happy. He's into it. Well, they so. could see. I mean, just like you kind of see me now at 70, I'm kind yeah. of enthusiastic uh, of about Krishna consciousness. And I've always sort of grasped with both hands when I want to do something. Mm. So they could see my enthusiasm wasn't going to be deterred by anything they said or did. So either you get into it with me or see ya. And that's, yeah. that's all I could do. That was nice. Yeah. And tell us a bit what service you did from the first day you joined and you went on Inam, what experiences, how you, Krishna, guide you through this uh, amazing uh, journey. So I moved in on a Friday. Well, Friday afternoon, the devotee says to me, we're going out on book distribution tomorrow. Do you want to come? Sure. But they called it, it Sankirtan, actually. He says, <laughs> yeah, we're going yeah. out on Sankirtan. I've never heard that word before. So I said, sure, whatever, let's do this. I'm going. So on Saturday morning, I get in a van. I get my, handed my wig and my baseball cap. I get in a van with seven other guys that I just met yesterday. And they uh, give me a book bag and a bucket of candy. Again. <laughs> Again, the candy. The candy is part of our culture, right? You have yeah. to have the candy. And uh, pull up in this neighborhood, and the Sankirtan leader says, okay, Bhakti Joe, you get out here. And I said, what, by myself? He says, yeah, no, it's no problem. You've got this whole bucket of candy. You just give them out. You distribute those books that you have in the bag, and we'll pick you up. This is at 10 o'clock in the morning. We'll pick you up at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a long time. And that's a long time. This is my first day. Ooh. Right. I just moved in on the Friday. One night in the temple on Saturday, I'm out in a, you know. Sankirtan. Sankirtan. And I look around. They dropped me off in my old neighborhood. Ooh. <laughs> which is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, For one, I'm like, you know, I'm Bakta Joe now. I'm not Joe anymore. I'm <laughs> Bakta Joe. And I get out of the van and I know like everybody walking up and down the street and stuff. It's like really cool. But it was, hey, Joe, man, what are you doing, man? <laughs> and of course, you know, I've got that energy thing going on. I'm like, I got some candy for you. Here, have some candy, you know, and here's a really cool book. You know, this is like easy journey. And I never seen the book before. Easy journey to other planets. And they go, what's it about? And I go, I don't know. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> But read it, and then you can tell me. And I'd give him the books. And I did really, really good, you know, nice. because I was so enthusiastic. And, then, you know, it's just like so much fun, and I knew people, and I was just having the time of my life. So I did really well. And uh, that was it. They picked me up at 5. The next day, they read the scores out for yesterday. You were the top of us. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I was pretty close. It got to, like, the third top score, and they said, Bhakta Joe. 
And everyone went, Jai. And I went, no, it's Joe. <laughs> it's not Jai. It's not Jai. <laughs> Joe. It's Joe. But I mean, the whole temple was, you know, chanting. And of course, the, the, the temple president, Rabindra Sarup Prabhu, he, he loved me, you know, because I was really good at this Sankirtan thing. So they looked after me, kind of. Nice. Yeah. Nice. But and yeah, book distribution. I never did Harinam. It's funny. Right. Philadelphia, we didn't do Harinam in 1975. Book distribution was the thing. Incense selling, book distribution, but never Harinam. I don't think I went out once, maybe once in a couple of years there. But then I uh, transferred to Chicago O'Hare Airport. Whoa, Chicago, Got to do the, the big land books. of the mafia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't mention any names. But. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So that was that. And that's how I sort of uh, started my Krishna consciousness life. But then you start also studying those books that you were selling? No, I wish I would have studied more. <laughs> I didn't study enough, to be honest. And we had, yeah. when I went at O'Hare, when uh, we had our day off, I remember everybody used to plant a book in front of you and you get all comfortable and you're just about to read the Bhagavatam. You're so excited. And the next thing you know, you start the phrases. They're all gone. The battery goes off. Fat, sound asleep. And then you wake you up for the you know Sunday feast. <laughs> so I didn't get to read a whole lot. And plus, you know, I, my thing was I burned so much energy doing book distribution. I was so tired at night, so tired in the morning. You know, and I try to stay awake through class. So it's very difficult. It's very difficult. But I always said, you know what? I'm doing what Prabhupada wanted. He wanted us to distribute it. And, um, you know, there will come a time where I will get to read. Nice. But tell us how you met Prabhupada because you are Prabhupada disciple. So mm. in some time, somewhere, someplace, and you are, you know, you met him. And what was your experience of seeing him? I haven't seen Prabhupada personally. Yeah. So... What was, you know, people say it was a fulgent, it was floating, it was amazing. All those things. All, all those these things. things. So when we when we hear all the shit about this, what was your personal experience? Yeah. Well, it just so happened. I was in New York City for the Rathiatra in 1976. Mm -hmm. And I was about to be initiated at that Rathiatra. And I was outside the temple room about 9 o'clock at night in New York. And a car pulled up and Prabhupada got out. Wow. Now... There wasn't like a whole horde of sannyasis around him. It was just Prabhupada and a servant who opened the door. And Prabhupada started to walk. And he was walking right towards me. I was on the path into the temple room. My first thought was he looks like he just descended from the spiritual world. Whoa. And then my second thought, he's really short. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm six foot two. And I'm yeah. looking at like, man, he's really he's short. short. But for some reason, being an American, you yeah. know, like the the – Important people are always like John Wayne and these yeah. big guys, you know. And Prabhupada was the most powerful person on the planet. And he's like five foot four or something. He's really <laughs> short. short. So that was the second thought. And I um, I remember I paid my obeisances and I was just getting up. I was on my knees and Prabhupada was almost at eye level. And he walked past me and he smiled at me. He looked me in the eyes. So, nice. you know, the whole looking in the eyes thing. Yeah. You can see Prabhupada's looking right through you. And he still smiled, did the little, you know, shake of the head thing. And I was just like, that made it. That was it. And it's funny because now I'm 70. And there's so many memories in my past that have just gone. But that is something I can see clear as anything is Prabhupada looking at me and smiling. I never uh -huh. forget that, ever. So that's, you know, one blessing even in this old age. And even if I probably lose every other memory, I hope that one stays with me. 
but then tell me, tell us how you eventually, uh, after a few days or a few months, you actually spoke to him or you were introduced to him or when you took initiation, you called your name. The initiation thing is the oh. only thing I got <laughs> because, I mean, 1976, this is now. Um, unless you're a sannyasi or a GBC or a temple president, you're not getting close to Prabhupada. I got lucky that night. and uh, But my initiation... Um, I was sitting there about to be initiated. And I remember thinking, because I was, you know, wanting to be those things, I wanted a cool nickname in life. I always wanted a cool nickname. And I didn't have one. My name was Joe. I thought, what a stupid name, Joe. You know, like I wanted a cool name, something, you know, like Rocky or, you know, Tiger or something like that. And I never had that. So I thought, Prabhupada's going to give me this name. Finally, I'm getting this name far that I always name. wanted. Yeah, far out cool name. So Prabhupada hands me my beads. He says, your name is Jivanath. And inside, I'm having a party. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, woo, I got the name. I got my cool name. I'm really, really so, so happy. And then Prabhupada looked at me deep in my eyes and went, Das. Jivanath. <laughs> <laughs> Das, like, don't forget, you're not the cool guy. You're just a <laughs> servant of the cool guy. I said, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> still happy with it, though. I still like Jivanath Das. Jivanath so. is a nice, beautiful name. Yeah. But uh, apart from that, you had uh, any other encounter with him where you spoke to him or he tell you something particular? I've got one something. other, and this is yeah. it, unfortunately. This is it's it. okay. This is Guru Puja, and... Um, you know, I think, I can't remember if I just got initiated or I was about to be the next day or something, but it was a Guru Puja. And being either a newly initiate or still a Bhakta, I was way in the back in the New York temple. And I was thinking, you know, it's 1976 and I'm just a nobody. How am I going to get some association with Prabhupada? So I decided I'm going to get through the crowd, get right in front of Prabhupada, and observe everything about him. So I started pushing my way through the crowd. Now, basketball player, you know how to use yeah, your elbows yeah, sure. to maneuver, to I get where tall. you want to go. Yeah. So I started pushing through the crowd. And then I get to the, like, the GBCs and temple presidents. And like, okay, they're still just like normal looking people. You know? <laughs> I'm kind of a little big. And I was like pushing people out of the way. I'm in good shape. You know, and how to use elbows. I'm getting real close now. Now I'm simply behind the sea of sannyasis. But determination is one of my strong suits. So I'm determined. I'm going to get to watch Prabhupada. So I started pushing some of the sannyasis aside. Now, you know, this is like the roll of the dice. How important it is it to see Prabhupada? Is it willing to risk your whole spiritual life Pushing sannyasis out of the way. Mission impossible. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I'm doing this. You know? I don't care. I could care less. You know, Seeing Prabhupada meant everything to me. So I started pushing them. And the sannyasis are like looking like, who the heck is this guy? And they started slamming their dundo on my foot. Like, and that hurts, you know, that hurts. And then I was like, I don't care. Then I get to the really big guys, you know, the the old Guard, so to speak, Brahmananda, Satsarup, you know. I'd already big, got big. through Guru Kripa. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> yeah, that hurt. <laughs> so I finally get to those guys. And, and they started, because there was nobody in front of them, they were angling their dunda at my shins, hitting me in the shins with this dunda. 
And that really hurt. The shins hurt. The foot you can deal with a bit, but the shins really hurt. So finally I get right in front of Srila Prabhupada. So I'm standing there with Brahmananda and Satsarup and, you know, all the big guys. I'm standing there. And Prabhupada's got his eyes closed. He's playing cartels. And he looks up. He opens his eyes and he looks up. You know, he got all his sannyasis, his original devotees, all right there. And there I am, standing there. And he looks at me like, who are you? <laughs> but I was just like, just in a trance watching Prabhupada. And I, I just was like, couldn't get my eyes off of him. And I wasn't doing anything but just standing there staring at him. And he looked me in the eyes again, and he waved his hand like that, up and down, like, don't just stand there. If you're going to be here, you dance. So that was my instruction. Two, I have two. One is always dancing kirtan, and the second one is, don't forget, you're always the servant. <laughs> you ain't the big guy, you're the servant. So that's my actual only interactions with Srila Prabhupada. Nice. Now, there are two interactions we can have with Srila Prabhupada, of course, Vapu and Vani. That's you know? true. So Vapu is the personal instruction. You and receive. I wouldn't train my Vapu for anything. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But tell us about the Vani aspect of it. Like, you know, I mean, when you read Srila Prabhupada's books and how he talked to your heart and your mind and how you felt like Prabhupada is so amazing, explaining this. Uh, philosophy in a way that uh, you know everybody can understand. And once yeah. you, I mean, I guess after you did uh, many years of service in Sankirtan, at one point you start to study these books. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's when I sort of got the break in the action, so to speak. I stopped going out myself, right. and I was more like the Sankirtan leader. So my mm-hmm. thing was to rev everybody up, be there when they come back, to, you know, make sure everything is okay, look after them, and, you know, purchase the books, purchase the, we were doing paintings and candles and things. So I, I kind of get into that aspect. And then it gave me more time. Yes, it did. Unfortunately, I, I wish I had always studied more, but I always understood the instructions of how important the different um, phases of our Krishna consciousness preaching, how important they are, like the Harinam Sankirtan. Like here in Mayapur, that's my service, that in book distribution. Um, so I've come, sort of come full circle. But this Harinam here is like we see these guests, they come. And they understand they're going to go to see the TOVP. They're going to see our beautiful deities. They're going to take some prashadam. And then what? We are the white elephant. I am the white. Yeah, you're the darker (laughs) elephant, but I'm the white elephant. But I understand that for them to see, and I've gathered a really nice group of Harinam devotees. They're very enthusiastic. They're very talented. And when we do kirtan and we engage these guests, they go away with a memory that they weren't planning on getting. And it makes a big impression upon them. And that's why, for me, it's really enjoyable to do this chanting here. And Prabhupada said about that to Jayapataka Swami, he said, if you do this correctly, if you do this Mayapur correctly, you will never have to go anywhere. They will come to you. And so I actually just, you know, roll out of bed, put on my dhoti, and I go to the temple. And, you know, just by being in this body, I'm preaching. And I say hi to people. I try to be as friendly as possible. And I know that that's simply preaching. I don't have to, like, quote so many verses. I just have to be this dancing white elephant. And I engage people, I smile, I, I, you know, I hand them the mic and I get them to sing with me and I put my arm around them and, you know, and they, they enjoy that. And I can see that 
when the kirtan's over, I can see the look is like, oh, you're done already. But, you know, so I understand that this preaching and this uh, wonderful opportunity, and this opportunity is here for every Prabhupada disciple and every senior devotee. Come to Mayapur. Mayapur is just the best place for preaching. Yeah, actually, this Arunam is very enlivening. And also, this is the prediction of Lord Chaitanya and all the Acharya that, you know, although Mayapur is wonderful by itself, but this is like the cherry on top of the cake, which melts people's heart when mm. they see the foreign devotee, Russian, European, American, yeah. chanting and dancing, whatever, oh, you yeah. know, and they are so faber glasses. They think, what? I want to go to America and make money, yeah, you know, yeah. can you get me a visa? And we're doing so, it in no, reverse. No, no, don't go anywhere, you know, stay here, chant a yeah. and be happy. We give and up the money and come to Mayapur to be yeah. like them. Actually, there's so. a revolution going on inside the people's head. Mm. Because they all think, like, going to the West, make money, give money to the family, mm. this, that, but then... You know, we are like, what? We're coming from there and everything is not working there. It's so. a dead-end street. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> You're already here. Just yeah. take the chanting. And many people, when I go to Calcutta, I met them and say, hey, you know, I saw this, your people singing and dancing. It's so beautiful. I participated with them for a few minutes with my family. My kids were dancing. Yeah. We're really happy. So it makes yeah. a difference. You know, it makes more. It does. It does. And I think here in Bengal, it's so in their, in their blood. So it's not like, you know, if you're in the West, if you tell everybody, put your hands up, they'll all look yeah, at you like, yeah, hey, well, buddy, what are you, you talking about? But here, when we tell them to put their hands up, they all put their hands yes. up. Tell them to chant, Hare Krishna. They're all, Hare Krishna, yes. you know? And that's what makes it so much fun is that reciprocation. Srila Prabhupada said that you scratch a little bit in the, in the heart of these Indian people, you know, because they're pious. They took yeah. birth in India, so they have some devotion there. And then yeah, we, can, absolutely. we can definitely tap into that. Yeah, it so, always it always uh, makes me feel really uh, humiliated almost that they want to touch my feet. And I'm right. thinking, I should be touching your feet. I'm just too lazy to get down. But, you know, you're the, you're the people. You're born in India. We're born in different countries where we don't glorify God. We try to get rid of him. And you guys are brought up understanding Bhagavad Gita, understanding that you're a servant. You're not the, you know the be-all, end-all. But in, you know, the Western countries from birth, that's what you get, you know. You can be anything you want to be. I want to be God. Well, go for it. <laughs> as long as you work hard, you yeah, get it. Yeah, work hard. You can do it. <laughs> Not a problem. You've been doing this for more than 40 years. Uh-huh. What would you have done differently over the last 40 years to make yourself a better devotee, increase your Krishna consciousness, and what sort of those things could neophytes, people who have just come to the Hare Krishna movement, do to last longer, Mm. stick around longer, be more secure being a devotee? Yeah, good question, because I did leave the movement, and um, I just left and tried to be a devotee on the outside. I tried hanging out with other devotees who are trying to be <laughs> devotees on the outside. And, of course, that doesn't last. It's so very difficult. So the first thing I would tell anybody is don't leave. Whatever the problem is, don't leave. Stay in the association of devotees. It's so very important. I left in 19, um, probably 86. So I was devoted for like 11 years. And I was gradually just turning into a Sunday feast guy. And, you know, and that's just like a nowhere thing, you know. And back in the 80s, it was not so easy to be a Prabhupada disciple and not 
part of the mainstream talent of the temple or something. So I was kind of on the outs. And um, I felt that. And I was very uncomfortable. And I started to not come to the temple so much and just try. And gradually my sadhana just went down, 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 down. But the funny thing is, is when somebody decides to, well, I probably just my material desires came up, but you know, I'm not going to admit to that, but well, I guess I just did. <laughs> but, um, was, you know, those things happen. And um, I, I was trying to enjoy again. And I was so frustrated again. Uh, I remembered I was frustrated before. Now I'm frustrated again. And I always thought, you know, no matter what, I love Prabhupada, but for some reason I just couldn't, couldn't stay the course. And then that really was bothering me to the point where it got to about, um, where are we, uh, about ten, a little over 10 years ago. I was just, I was chanting my rounds, which was nice. I started chanting again really, you know, getting up super early before work and chanting Joppa. And, you know, I was really pleased with that going on. And then I just said, you know what? This is ridiculous. I, I just, I missed the devotees. And I came back. And I knew I'd have to eat humble pie, which is a big thing for what's, when us older devotees leave and try to come back. You have to say, you know what? I got to be humble Whatever they ask me to do, I'm doing. And whatever somebody says to me, I'm just going to say, okay. And it's not easy. And, you know, and plus I was like, you know, I, I felt I was somebody back before <laughs> I left. I was a Sankirtan leader yeah. and I led Kirtans and all that. So I'm thinking people are going to know who I am, you know. And I'm going to, here he is, he's back, oh God. You know, put him in the back of the room, nobody talked to him. So... That's actually was my philosophy. I was scared of that. I was thinking, oh, my God, am I going to have to do this? Can I do this? And I, I actually went into the Toronto temple for a Sunday feast, my first time back in a temple in a long time. And I went in, and all the men and women were all standing together. And that kind of confused me because I hadn't seen that before. You know, I'm in the temple, and there's women all around me and guys, and it was just like a whole just, you know, free-for-all. And I walked out. And I walked out like about 10 paces out of the temple. And I thought, no, go back. <laughs> Whatever they're doing now, go back. And so I went back in and I put myself through it. And I decided I was going to go back and move in the temple. And I was quite lucky because in Toronto, um, I connected with Bhakti Marg Swami. And he nice. was, yeah, and he's so sweet. He yeah. is so genuine and personable. And he was taking me everywhere with him and programs and all that and you know, and he, he just made me feel really comfortable to be back. Nice. And um, so that was really sweet. And I, I attended one of his uh, initiations. And that was a big one for me because I was, you know, I don't know about this thing, you know. <laughs> and I was listening to what he said. And he was simply talking about connecting with Srila Prabhupada. So I was very comfortable with that. So I thought, okay, I can do this. And then I moved back in the temple. So I was really happy. So the big thing is like you were asking, that's such a good question. Is don't leave. You know, there's a reason why you came in the first place, because you understood there is nothing out there. There is nothing better than Krishna consciousness. And this international society that Srila Prabhupada has, has started and is being maintained by Srila Prabhupada is the best thing in the world. It's, it is our only real hope. And any kind of little service you can do and any kind of little association you can get is better than anything that's out in the material world. So the big thing is, don't leave. You know, um, 
being a full-time devotee in the temple or active in the temple is a cornucopia of events and festivals and feasts and programs. Over the years, what are some of the highlights for you, if you can remember? What are some of the highlights of being in ISKCON for you? Uh, besides the, the great moment of meeting and seeing Srila Prabhupada, mm. what are some of the things that you've enjoyed the most being a devotee? Okay, that's a good one too, you know, because my memory is not so great. So, but uh, I was in Australia and uh, in Sydney when it was really, really enthusiastic there. And I just had so much fun. I was actually only in the temple there for three years, but the memories are so very clear. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. We were just a bunch, all young guys. And um, the energy level, the kirtans were like back in the 70s. Every kirtan was like a crazy bouncing <laughs> off the walls, you know, just so much fun. And everyone was joking around and we went swimming at the beach together. And it was just a real camaraderie. Um, and the women had their own thing going on, too. And I had the, the blessing of being the sankirtan leader there. So I was encouraging both the women and the men to do it. And we did so well. But um, it, it was that, that camaraderie, because that's the th one thing I remember when I first joined, because I played sports all through high school and a little bit of university. So that whole camaraderie, that teamwork thing, you know, you know, we were Prabhupada's team. And I felt that, you know, all the guys, we were all bhaktas together. And it's like, you know, it, and that's kind of like, you know, war people, they, they, they bond. No matter where they go after the war is over, there's that connection. And I felt that connection with all the different devotees that I've ever had association with. It's like here in Mayapur, we're so lucky. So many people visit. So, you know, I'm connecting with people I never met, but somehow or other we have this connection. Like just the other day, I was hanging out with Chandramali Swami. I've never met him before. And now we're like best friends because we have this connection. You know, we, he was telling me New Vrindavan stories. I was telling him Chicago O'Hara stories. <laughs> And so there's these like war pastime stories. It just makes you feel, you know, your buds, your old friends, you know. We're going to be doing this again somewhere, right? Yeah, we are, you know. That's, and that's a beautiful thing. So Chicago Hare Airport, I have so many fond memories of there. Most of them are really great stories, you know. My Sankerton. Want to hear a Sankerton story? Sure, why not? All right. Let me tell this one because this is my, one of my favorites. Um, I was... I just joined and I got the privilege of doing, you know, airport big books because I was kind of good at the Sankraton. So I got out there and I hadn't really read a whole lot yet, as you were alluding to. I'm sorry, I didn't, wasn't a great reader, but I did manage to distribute books. And I think that's why Prabhupada's let me still be here because I did distribute his books. So I was out at the airport and generally when we did airport Sankraton, we would uh, approach the people as they came off their airline. If they came off and they were coming into the airport, they're kind of dazed and confused. So you can stop them because they're kind of like looking where, oh, where's my terminal? Where do I go now? So you could stop them and just, you know, just take their mind off where they're going for that split second and get them to listen about what you're talking about. But this day was so slow. I started hitting on people heading to their airline. Now that's harder because, you know, hey, it's like 1045, I get a plane, you know, it's good, you know, and everything's like buzz, 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 buzz. So I approached this one guy. He was coming towards me. And I, I believe I actually just didn't even reach out my hand. I'm trying to remember exactly. I think I had to reach out my hand to shake his hand. 
And somehow or other, he knocked the books out of my arm. I had a, like a Gita under my arm. He knocked the books out. I think he hit me with his attache case. And knocked, that happened a lot, by the way. We were, you know, always under pressure. You never made eye contact and held it. You made it, looked around. Because people would come and like swing their briefcases at you and, you know, push you and say things. It was, it was really fun. You better be on, you know, sharp as a tack out there. So this guy knocked the books out of my hand. He took a couple more steps and then he fell to the ground. He fell to the ground and he started clutching his chest. He's lying on the ground, clutching his chest. He looks up in the air and he screams this blood-curdling scream as if somebody really nasty-looking was coming to get him. And then he died. Jeez. Yeah. I won't do the scream. If I was in a class, I would do the scream. <laughs> but it was like, you know, ah! and he died. And it was funny because I had just started reading about the Yamadudas. And I was like, wow, Krishna just showed me they're for real. You know, like if I was like 90% sure of Krishna consciousness, that just made it 100%. Because <laughs> that guy died right there. And he, he looked and you could see he was looking at somebody. And he, ah, boom, and he left his body. Now, this is the fun part. Because I mean, okay, you know, and I wasn't freaked out. I understood what it was. And everyone came running over to him. And I distributed like five Gitas because I was explaining to people. I said, if you don't understand what's about to happen next, you're going to end up like him with no hope. Take one of these books. And people go, give me the book. Give me the book. <laughs> so I did, I did like five Gitas while all these people were standing around this dead body. So what you're saying is death is a sales opportunity. You've got to take everything as a sales opportunity, don't you? I mean, come on. We're Hare Krishnas, you know? Well, here in Mayapur, you have a family. Yes. How many children do you have? Three. They're here in Mayapur with you? No. No, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I have another question about yeah. this. One of your top priorities in life are these children and your family. Mm-hmm. If I was coming to Krishna consciousness, I, I'm a single man, but let's say I'm not a single man. I have a wife. I'm 25 years old. I've quit my job. My wife would like to be a full-time devotee. Mm-hmm. My children are young. What advice are you going to give to this person that might actually be under your charge a little bit, and it's up to you to bring them along mm. as a new devotee with a family, as a full-time devotee? How do you cultivate them? What do you tell them? What do you do with them? Okay, that here in Mayapur, that is a different question and answer than a lot of other places, mm-hmm. right? Well, my children are not really what you would call children so much anymore. They're 39, 40, and 42. Mm-hmm. So they all have their own lives. But when they were younger, you know, I just tried to do the best I could to keep them online. But like I said, I left for a, a while. So although they all started out in Krishna consciousness, as they got a little bit older, um, I was a lot slacker. And, you know, they started to enjoy the party life and things like that as they became teenagers and older. So um, I'm probably not the best person to give family advice. But, um, but here in Mayapur, um, when new couples come and, um, you know, they, they're asking me questions about how to do it. The biggest thing for living in Mayapur, and this is just my observation, is money. 
if you don't have money, you struggle and you end up having to leave. It doesn't matter how much you love Mayapur, how much you know you have a great service, you're you're happy as heck with all the different devotees that are here. If you can't afford to be here, because I mean that we don't have places you can just go and get a job. Like in the West, you can get a job and you can just maintain yourself. But here, unless you're doing something online or, you know, your online business is still able to survive with what's going on in the world, which is a big one, because I have so many different devotees in my care that are from Russia and Ukraine, and they're having a hard time. They're having a hard time. So it's, it's really hard, you know, but that's my biggest thing is that find a way to make money. If you can make money and then you can live in Mayapur. Or if you're like, you know, us, you're older and you've already made your money, then you can stay. But for young couples, that seems to be the biggest burden is the money part. My experience has been that a single person is going to require approximately 200 U.S. dollars a month to cover rent, electricity, travel, pashadam, boga, help, maintenance local hospital yeah they're going to require uh, they're going to require minimum 10 15000 rupees a month minimum, minimum as a single person and you can multiply that by a factor of 2 to 3 for a family absolutely so yes you're very correct in order yeah. to come to mypore and live in mypore if you're non indian you have to be prepared for that yeah. Well, here, um, like the people I, in my care, like I'm the, the Harinam um, director or whatever you want to call me. I don't know, leader. Um, I have so many different devotees that love doing Harinam. And Harinam, obviously, in Mayapur itself is not paying any rupees. But what I managed to do is to get us um, uh, to do programs outside of Mayapur. And people usually give a donation, so then I will split the donation up with the devotees. So this is my way of helping them. I, you know, try to use my, uh, you know, connections and my Harinam known people are starting to know who I am and who our group is, and getting them, you know, to be involved in doing outside programs. But other than that, it's very difficult. Yeah, and it's sad. It's sad. We wish we had like a bigger like community city, a city community or something, where there were so many different businesses that could hire people and keep them engaged here in Mayapur. But that seems to me the biggest problem is the money. Actually, even the Indian devotees they are trouble. And yeah, they, you know they live a really strange shoe and yeah, and go and sell some agarbati outside or have some. Thinking shops, selling yeah. the same stuff everybody else. So, yeah, that's close I mean, you know, I feel sorry to see sometimes devotee for 40 years. We were together doing Arina, we we're Brahmachari, and then certainly they become Griyas and they live in a shed which is made of this corrugated Corrugate, metal. Yeah. It's become a baking oven in the summertime. Yeah. And they have one fan, one light yeah. with their family and kids. So... I think we have to do something about this in yeah. the future because as the city grows, there should be more opportunity where to direct people to, you know, make both and meet. And we're not talking about millions of dollars. Yeah. We're talking about just surviving, like you say, two, three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars a month, which is thirty thousand rupees, forty thousand rupees a month. It shouldn't be very difficult for people to, to make, you know. That's but right. Unfortunately, Mayapur and the system we have is not being, uh, you know, very 
organizing of issues. Yeah. So, you know, we also have a large community of brahmachari. We have more than 500 brahmachari. And they go out in Sankirtan and they're doing many services. So we have to kind of create opportunity for both foreign devotee and Indian devotee to make a living. Yeah. Or Agreed. can be subsidized or can be helped or we can figure out something. But I'm sure some in one point of time we have to really think about that. Yeah, it has to be a priority. Especially with this TOVP coming. I mean, and and now so many devotees want to move to Mayapur. Yes. But, you know, they come for a few months and go, hey, can't afford it. Got to yeah. go back. And unfortunately, the best association is here in Mayapur. I mean, Absolutely. it's the best place. I think there will be a lot of opportunity if there is a vision from the top, from the leadership to accommodate everybody, be all encompassing, like welcome everybody not discriminate, okay, this guy is foreigner, you know, he, he has money from the West, or uh, this guy is Indian, we can give him, you know, mm. 20 rupees and he can live. But, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of everybody can figure it out by his own way. But I have an, one final question. You, you've been observing ISKCON for over 40 years. Mm. How is Mayapur doing as far as the feeling you have towards Prabhupada's instructions on how to conduct devotional life, community life, corporate life, the institutional life. How are we doing here in Mayapur? Because you're you're closely involved. You live here. You're one of the principals here in Mayapur that everyone knows. What is your opinion of that? Okay. Um, I actually see things like festivals. I'm shocked how well we put on festivals here. I'm shocked because they're so large, so many people, but yet I have never seen any kind of dramas or, you know, something going on. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's all done behind the scenes. All of a sudden there's like, the Gorpadim, done. Like, no problem. Everything worked well. There's so much going on. And here in Mayapur, you know, almost every day there's another festival. And, you know, even if there isn't, we make up one, you know, like in another couple of weeks or month, we have Gita Mela. What the heck is Gita Mela? We're just celebrating Gita and having like a party for Christmas and New Year's Eve and in between. But, you know, Mayapur really gets it together as far as the festivals. And the one thing I see lacking as far as guests coming is, like I said, with the Harinam, they expect Prashadam. They expect to see the deities, and then they basically have nothing else to do. And I've been wanting to have some sort of cultural uh, program going on during the day. Um, now in Mayapur, we have four Harinam parties that go out separately throughout the day, which is a really nice. nice. Jai Bhattaka actually said five. He wants five, so we're up to four. So we're doing good. We're almost there. And each party has different devotees going out and doing it in different places in the campus. And so I'm really happy about that. It's increasing. And, you know, that's something that the guests, they're not expecting. They expect, like I said, deities, prashadam, and then what? What are they looking forward to on campus? There's really nothing going on. So we need to raise our cultural awareness. We should be showing them more about what Krishna consciousness is. So that's one thing that I would like to see a step up in. Um, but as far as like the festivals, when you come to Mayapur for a festival, it is so well put together. It, it, Mind-blowing, isn't it though? 
Mind blowing. It's well, just incredible. We have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. We started very small and we grew up and we know all the nook and corner how to do it perfectly. But it's so well oiled machine, you know, and Absolutely. it's and it's everyone who's doing it, you don't even know who's doing what, but it's somehow or other it all gets done nicely. So that's one thing I'm very impressed with that. Very impressed. Um, you know, and what else? What else could we do differently in Mayapur? I don't know. One of my ideas is that we could do question and answer. We have the Samadhi Auditorium, which is uh, below the Srila Prabhupada Samadhi, which yeah. is a nice space. Not used very much. Not used very much, yeah. but my point is that before we used to have... Now we have question and answer for Bengali yeah. in near the Govinda yeah, yeah. restaurant. But we could use that place and say invite people to do a big kirtan, and then we can say, okay, we open... Question answer to anybody ask anything. Yeah. And that will also attract a lot of people, especially <coughs> if you put three, four, couple of mother G, couple of probably G foreigner, and people ask questions, you know, because we do the same thing in Kolkata Rata Yatra. We have one special hall, air condition, right. and I go and sit there for hours answering questions to people. What about Kali? What about Durga? What about this puja, that puja, this thing, how you do? Mm. So it, that, could be, you know, th- there are many options to be explored. Uh, I'm just telling you that. You yeah, know, we can that, that's defini- a good one. That's a good one. We can definitely, you know, tap into that. And if I, you approach it from Japataka Maharaj, say, yeah, we can use this place or something, you know, you tell him. Then, you know, because, of course, there are questions always who is going to pay the bill for the electricity in the yeah, family, right. that, you know, which is not much. But anyway. Wouldn't uh, be. Preaching is the essence. Yeah. Okay, one more question I have. And... Uh, so you were brahmachari for how many years? Uh, a real brahmachari? Yeah. Maybe the day I moved come in. Come on, come um, on. <laughs> for many years you were brahmachari. At one point you decided you wanted to be a griasta. So what what, what changes or what happened at that time? Really? So I have to, no, have to I mean, end it with this question? No, no, no. It's not the end. It's just the beginning. Come on. <laughs> brahmachari. Well, I mean, to be really, really honest, I don't think yes. I was a real brahmachari for very long. Okay. I did wear saffron for a number of years. Okay. Um, I always knew that I wasn't. Well, actually, that's not true. I um, <laughs> somehow or other, I ended up in San Francisco. And uh, there in San Francisco, there was a GBC who was wanting to start a temple in the Philippines, Hamza Duda. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I somehow or other, I ended up going to the Philippines and starting a temple there. Nice. I was a brahmachari. And uh, I made a lot of devotees. It was really nice because, I mean, at that time there weren't too many um, uh, devotees in the Philippines. There was another group that was there, but where I went was a different island. And um, so, you know, doing Harinam in the Philippines was fun. Was, you know, I'm six foot two, white. And, uh, you know, everybody else was five foot one and yeah, not white. <laughs> <laughs> so wherever I went, I drew a crowd and it was really fun. I had a lot of fun. I made about 15 devotees in three months. Nice. Some of them are still devotees too. It's just amazing. And, um, so that was a big deal. That was fun. What was the question? Are you, are you getting from one ashram to the other? Oh, door? right. So I was a brahmachari and of course, um, I totally forgot. Just see, 70 year old. You got to be careful when you ask questions that are too long. That's okay. Just gone. Maybe I'm blocking the whole Brahmajari thing or, or the, about the story I'm about to tell you. But, tell, um, tell, tell. So, I'm, so I'm a Brahmajari. I'm in the Philippines. And of course, you know, I made 15 devotees. And so I'm thinking I'm going to be a sannyasi now. Next thing, sannyasi. Then I'll be a GBC, you know. And and next thing, yeah, just, you know, just the natural progression, you know, I'm so wonderful. 
and and um, I got all these mosquito bites on my ankles, right? And then so they swelled up really my ankles, and it was so painful for me to walk. So I was carrying this big stick that hence the you know sannyasi thing, and I'm thinking. I should be a sannyasi, you know, I'm carrying <laughs> yeah, this stick, walking around, and you know, I'm in charge of the Philippines. I should be a GBC. Got these mosquito bites. My feet swell <laughs> up. Next thing you know, I'm in Hong Kong, in a hospital, and uh, I lost being the temple president, and I wasn't going to be a GBC, and I wasn't going to be a sannyasi, and I got married. Be careful what you deserve. <laughs> Everything is going to happen. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Just like that. One after another. Yeah. yeah. It knocked me right out of the whole GBZ, Sinyasi, R&I wonderful thing. And ended up getting married. Fantastic. Now yeah. tell us what's the future of, how you see the future, both personally and in ISCON. Uh-huh. Because how we, like he asked you, okay, well, how we are doing Maya, but we are doing great. But what's the future of ISCON? You know, we are all getting old. Who is going to replace us? I was going to say, speak for yourself, but <laughs> there is no camera here, right? You can't see how old I am. Well, I'm 65, and yeah, you're I'll 70. be 70 in a couple of weeks. So, no problem. So, um, so yeah, there. as far as Mayapur, it's, it's absolutely turning into a melting pot big time. So many Western devotees are coming here because there is um, an incredible mood that I don't think everybody can get anywhere else. And Mayapur is so special. And not to take anything away from Vrindavan, obviously, but Mayapur is very, it's personable. Um, it's very sweet. It's a very sweet place. How yeah. you dumb? How dare you? How yeah. dare is the most merciful? Yeah. Lord Chaitanya says it's the most merciful place in the universe. And I think that's why people from all around the world can come here and feel comfortable. Whereas in Vrindavan, you have to come to a certain level and then it's... Be careful. You got to be really <laughs> careful. Mayapur is a little bit more forgiving. Yes. And um, the way I see it is, uh, you know, devotees, especially Western devotees, this is such an opportunity to preach. If you're not preaching where you are, then Mayapur is the place because yes. it offers you the chance to be a preacher, whether you just walk down the street, you get to preach. But there are so many different fields of preaching opening up simply from being based in Mayapur. Um, like I said, the festivals, there's so many, just like your idea of a question and answer. I'm going to get a stage up for cultural programs to go on continuously throughout, you know, because we have so many different devotees from different countries that are very talented. There could be, you know, dramas, there could be dances, there could be so much different activities for preaching Krishna consciousness. And I think that's one of the only problems that we have is we're not looking after All these guests, and so many people are coming to Mayapur. Yesterday, Rasa Purnim. You couldn't even walk around the campus. Cannot walk outside also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just anywhere. There's just people Minus. everywhere. So, you know, we need to start seeing that this is what is going to be happening even greater. When that TOVP opens, forget about it. It's going to be so crowded here. We need to start being a little bit more progressive in our preaching practices. Absolutely. You know, like Jai Pataka Swami said to me, we should have Harinams going around campus all the time. So they're constantly hearing the holy names, seeing the Western devoties. And, um, you know. Uh, I was thinking also program. another out of the box. I was thinking we should have an ashram, one place where we can make and roll new. There's a lot of foreign coming here and mm. maybe people want to join, but we don't, we cannot put them together in the Brahmachari ashram with no. Bengali. They don't speak the language. Right. So I was thinking we can have a separate place. We have a few hundred acres land here and that. We can take one, make a village 
where people can come and do yoga, meditation, and we can induce them to become Christian consciousness. Okay, you go to the next meeting and you put that forward. Uh, I don't Come on, that's a great anymore. idea. That's <laughs> you a do it, great you idea. do it, you do it. Because I was, me, I was part of the management for many years. and um, So what, are you retired? I am retired, yeah. I, I don't know, you didn't would Prabhupada right say now. there is no retirement in Krishna consciousness? Uh, no, I'm traveling preaching with his holiness boss. I know, I know. <laughs> and yeah, we are very, very lucky to have you with us today, Jivanath Prabhu, and... Uh, uh, what is your best book that you like to read? Of oh, sure, the Gita, of course. Gita, of course. Yeah. Uh, who is your close friend? That is your mentor. Is your you look after somebody? Who do I look up to? Yeah, practically everybody. Uh, come on, <laughs> there must be some close person. I'm serious. All right. I consider myself very low on the totem pole. So you become successful. You find out who is God, and now you're serving God, and God loves you, and you love God. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, Gandhi, you're so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I uh, hope to always see you in Arinam and join you sometime. I love the service you do and I love the inspiration you give to all the devotees. Thank you so much. Jai. Thank you, Jai. You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur.